G'day guys, my name's Greg. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, patellofemoral pain, which is a really common um, knee pain presentation we see in the clinic, um, particularly this time of year with increases in um, training loads with sporting seasons kicking off. Um, patellofemoral pain, it's a sort of a broad term that encompasses pain in the region where your kneecap sits on the top of your thigh bone. Um, and there's a, few, there's a few different structures that can generate the pain, but we call it patellofemoral pain syndrome because there's a few contributing factors. Um, like I said, normally um, we see these onsets. So the, the most common onset we see is just an increase in loading or a change in, uh, in the type of loading that um, people are doing. So commonly this time of year, um, pre-season training leading into um, a lot of your, your sporting codes, netball, basketball, soccer, football. Um, with increases in running load, um, there's just more force that, that joint has to tolerate and it can quite often get a little bit, uh, a little bit cranky and painful because of it. The other, the other common factors that can often cause it is changing, on, changing in running, particularly in the, um, the type of running you're doing, like incline and decline running. Um, typically, um, someone who's been running flat surfaces solely, if they decide to start to start to do some hill type running, that can be a trigger for the onset of this pain. Um, um, and they're, yeah, they're, they're sort of the presentations that we'll commonly see in the clinic. Occasionally, um, we do see acute presentations with a with a specific mechanism of injury, but uh, a bit less often. Yeah. Yeah, it's also very common in women to experience this pain as well. Um, there's a couple of different theories as to why this occurs. One being like a biomechanical theory is that women have wider hips naturally, which creates more of an angle and more stress on the knees there. And so that's one theory. Also a hormonal theory around that too with our menstrual cycle and progesterone and estrogen and how those levels affect our stability around the knee as well um, is another theory as to why it occurs in women more often. Yeah, we definitely see we definitely see that in the clinic. Um, yeah, yeah, and they're definitely the, the more common yeah sort of thought processes behind it. Um, uh, normally, when people do present with the, the the pain, what we see in the clinic is typically their their painful um, changing in position from sitting in a chair to standing or for or squatting type positions that generates a bit of load through that joint, which can trigger the pain. Um, they commonly report pain, they've noticed that it's starting to get painful going up and going downstairs mm -hmm. as well. Um, and obviously those more dynamic activities like running and jumping can, can sort of trigger the pain as well. So they're typically what people will describe when they come in and see us in the clinic. Um, the other thing that sometimes people will talk to us about and ask us about is a, is a sensation of noise or grinding around mm -hmm. the front of their knee. Um, and, and people often are concerned that it's something abnormal or something's changed yes. within their knee to cause it, but um, most of the time it's normal, okay? We call it noisy knees, mm -hmm. or uh, in, in sort of health circles we call it crepitus. Um, but the majority of the time it is completely normal yes. and having crepitus or noisy knees doesn't uh, actually increase your chances or make you more likely to have um, patellofemoral pain. Yeah, a lot of people think that that noise is damage that's happening, yeah. but it's not. It's just... And 
sometimes because they think that they've damaged their knee and that's causing that crepitus, they try and avoid all the activities that bring on that, that sensation mm -hmm. of grinding and, and that noise. And unfortunately, what that will typically lead to is deconditioning and weakness of that leg. Yes. And that is more likely to cause an onset of patellofemoral pain than the noise itself. So yeah, we, we typically, and I know you do, we try and um, educate people on the fact that it's normal, not to avoid um, those movements, particularly if it's not pain that's limiting them. If it's just the noise that's scaring them from doing it, it we, we sort of tell them to almost embrace it a little bit and, and not to avoid the activities that bring it on. If it's painful, however, obviously um, pain with, um, with an associated noise is definitely something that we will um, we'll try and help people with. But yeah, we won't typically treat the noise, we'll, we'll treat the pain because that's, that's the issue there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So yeah, with treatment around this sort of pain, we um, focus a lot on muscle strengthening because we quite often find that um, particularly the glutes are weak and in the quadriceps as well. So if we want to support all the muscles around the knee to be strong and um, stabilise the knee, and hopefully that'll help with reducing our pain with all those activities like this um, going up the stairs and walking and things like that. So um, we particularly want to focus on the hip abductor muscles. So that's our glute muscles that make our legs go out to the side. And um, external rotators of the femoral bone. So the bone of our leg, the one that rotates it around. We want to focus on those ones too. Any um, sort of hip and knee movements as well we want to do with the lower extremities because any of the mechanics um, we want to focus on them too, making sure that we're having good mechanics with all of our movements and that we're tracking nicely and yeah. things like that. So yeah, yeah, you definitely you need you need the strength component, but you also need the control the control component as well. Exactly. So yes. Qu quite often, like we'll both watch people perform a functional movement like a squat or a single leg squat, and we try and pick up on subtle little differences mm -hmm. that might sort of make us think that they are. Um, more likely to have an onset of this pain mm -hmm. uh, and quite often will strengthen the muscles that help avoid the movement and, and also just educate the patients on, um, uh, on the control aspects of it as well. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, quite commonly from a physio point of view, we'll see patients in the really acute painful phase. So mm -hmm. quite often they'll have a, a spike in load, uh, an onset of knee pain within the next couple of days or the next week, and that's when they'll present to us in the clinic. And normally they're at the early stages, they're, they're quite painful and limited. So quite often you'll see them try and hop up in the chair in the waiting room and they'll struggle to get out of the chair because the knee's painful. So one of the differences, I suppose, between us um, treating patients as a physio compared to an exercise physiology is our immediate focus physio-wise is just settling the pain a little bit. Um, and, and there's a few sort of key measures that we normally will put in place to try and settle the pain. The most important is just sort of education on managing your training and your activity loads because that's normally the trigger. Um, so, so quite often we'll, we'll try and give advice about reducing the loading particularly with those aggravating factors, but also sort of giving some information about when their knee pain does improve, how to manage their training loads to avoid it from happening again. Mm -hmm. Because unfortunately there's, a, there's a, um, a good amount of evidence that tells us that patellofemoral pain 
is something that can definitely return and quite commonly does return, um, particularly if you still have that, um, yeah, that, that spike in training load or that, that change in the type of training that you're doing. Absolutely, because so you find that your knee is feeling better, so you yeah. increase your load and you're like, oh, it's yep. great, and then yep. suddenly you're back to square one. comes lunch. back and you've yeah. got to start the whole process exactly. again. So the, the other technique that we commonly use as physios to try and help um, reduce pain in that acute phase is there's a few taping techniques that we can try. Mm -hmm. um, and there's, there's some strong evidence um, that these taping methods used in that early phase, so only in the short term, can um, reduce the pain, um, particularly with those aggravating activities like hopping out of a chair or walking upstairs. So it's normally not a long term plan, it's a short term plan to, to just to make the knee a little bit happier, to reduce the pain. And once we've done that, um, we can really get started with the exercise component a little bit quicker and start challenging that knee to get to get those adaptations in strength and control. Yeah, absolutely. Um, another thing we like to focus on too is balance and proprioception. So exercises that are focused around uh, balance and controlling balance and things with like running and jumping and landing mechanics as well. We want to land nice and solid with a good foundation and have great balance when we do this. So we can protect all our joints from our ankles to our knees, hips. And so we, that's a big one that we like to do. So we do a lot of single leg stuff. So we might do like a single leg squat or something like that to help also strengthen those muscles while they're working on one side particularly. Yeah. Um, that sort of translates into some of the um, some of the differences or the alterations you can make to your running technique and, mm -hmm. and your running pattern to try and uh, reduce your chances of pain and also um, important as part of the rehab process. So one of those is um, when you're running, avoid or try and limit the amount of hip adduction. So that is your that is your your thigh bone um, or your knee pointing inwards as you land. So quite often in the exercise um, component, we'll really focus on patients avoiding that in the controlled strength setting yes. because there is some evidence that people who do have an increase in that hip adduction are more likely to develop pain. Mm -hmm. And when people do have that pattern, when they get education to implement changes to their running technique to avoid that, there, there is evidence that tells us that um, the people get better quicker in that group. The other changes or tweaks to your running that um, can make a difference is increasing your cadence, which is your, the amount of steps you take per minute. Mm -hmm. So increases in your running cadence um, uh, by 10% of what your normal preferred running cadence would be. It's been proven to reduce um, the load through that patel patellofemoral joint by 14%. Mm -hmm. um, so, so increasing that running cadence, which is sometimes a challenging thing for people to, to do, it, it can yeah. definitely benefit. The techniques that people sometimes use is um, a, a metronome, so uh, you can download apps on your phones that just tick and tock, um, and it gives you just a, an external cue for when you're looking for your feet to contact the ground. Um, the other, um, the other change to your technique that has some evidence to back it up is if you, when you run, are a, are a rear foot striker, so as you stride forwards, your heel comes in contact with the ground first, um, changing your running technique to a four foot strike pattern um, has been 
shown to reduce um, the symptoms of patellofemoral pain as well. Yeah. Um, if you are already a forefoot striker, you, you can't change it. But if you are a heel foot striker, that's another another method that you can employ to try and reduce your chances of um, well, reduce your pain when you have a painful presentation, but also to try and reduce the chances of it happening again down the track. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. If you do um, have knee pain, particularly through the front of your knee, it could likely be patellofemoral pain. Um, and um, myself and Renee are in the clinic here to help you if that, if that is the case. Um, normally, we'll take a, a, a bit of a, an approach where we both will work together to try and give you the best outcome. So quite commonly, you might see me as the physio in that, in that early painful phase. Uh, and once we have your symptoms managed a little bit better, quite often um, Renee will pick you up and start challenging you with some of those more progressed um, exercise components of your rehab. Um, and we sort of find that when we take that global approach, um, patients just tend to have a better outcome and hopefully a more long-term outcome as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about that education and what we can provide as a whole and as a team in helping you yeah. um, decrease your pain. Yep. Be the best you get you back get you back running and doing all those things that you enjoy yeah absolutely